Worship is our response to God, who He is, and what He means to us personally. Unfortunately, many people have taken worship and they've made it a very small concept. They define worship as what we do at a church building or songs that we sing. We can certainly worship God at church, and we do worship God many times when we lift up our voice in music to Him. But worship is so much more than that. Worship is being in awe of God. One of the important concepts that we can teach our children is how to worship God in a way that is honoring to Him. Our kids know a lot about worship. They worship sports heroes and they worship movie stars. They stand in awe of the skill or ability that they believe someone has. God deserves our worship more than anyone else. And if we can help our children worship God on a regular basis, then we've given them tools to form an ongoing and growing intimacy with God for a lifetime. Yes, worship is what we do at church, and we should guide our children to go to church and to gather with other believers to worship corporately, just as the Bible commands us to do. But there's also an aspect of worship that is personal. And if we can help our children to understand that, if we can help them to develop patterns of personal worship on a regular basis, then they will begin to learn that they can worship God anytime and anywhere. Beyond all of that, there is an aspect of worship that is actually the way that we live. The Bible teaches that there's a lifestyle of worship and that the way we live, the way we respond to life, and the way we respond to other people. All of this reveals that we respect and honor God, His Word, and His guidance in our lives. I hope that the material that we provided here for you will give you a broader understanding of worship and that more importantly, you'll be able to convey to your children the importance of worshiping God in a greater way. First of all, the definition of worship. I figured if it was you were in church and you had something to do with music that you were worshiping God. And most of our kids think the same thing. In fact, we did a little bit of um, focus groups all over the country and asked a couple thousand kids what worship was. And the number one answer really shocked me. They said preaching. Kids figure if they go to church and they listen to a sermon that they worship God. And surprisingly enough, a lot of adults feel the same way. So the definition of worship was huge when I found out what it was. My brother's a senior pastor, so I called him up and I wanted the uh, cliff notes, you know. And he said, no, do your own research in Greek and Hebrew. And he said, you'll never forget it. So I did. I started reading some big words. <laughs> and worship basically is God's worth. 
It's adoring God for who he is. It's all-encompassing. It's singularly focused. And it's all about God. Worship is not about us. Worship is first, and it's all about him. I want you to try something. I want you to try sitting down um, by yourself and worshiping God for three minutes by yourself. That means just talking to God, how much you adore him, the things about him that are amazing, the creation that he has done, everything that he has done and is and came to do without mentioning yourself once. Worship is not about us. Authentic worship is not about us. Going across the country, I speak at a lot of Christian schools. And I had one right outside of um, Detroit that, that asked me to come in. They had 500 kids. And they asked me to do a week-long worship um, refresher, they called it. Because he said, all of our kids know the Lord, and so this will just be a refresher. So the first day I went in and I handed out 500 pieces of paper. And I said, I want you to write down your favorite person in the whole world. If you had all the money in the world, what would you do with this person? Write down every stat, everything you know about this person and all the things you love about this person. When I say go, you start writing. The kindergartners were coloring. The kids were writing and they were loud. It got louder and louder. It was so exciting. Kids were standing on pews and, and the one, I heard them screaming, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot this, I forgot this. They were filling both sides of a piece of paper. And um, when they finished, actually I had to stop them. We had to calm them down. The teachers wondered what was going on. I asked them to pass them all in and I took them back to my hotel room that night, and we tallied all the most wonderful favorite people in the whole world for these 500 Christian kids. The number one answer was Beyonce. The number two was Dwayne Wade, I think, Miami Heat, Hannah Montana. They had everybody you could think of from SpongeBob right on up and um, funny, it got to about 13 or 14 before anybody even mentioned mom and dad. And by the end of the papers, very few had written Jesus, and if they had, there's nothing on it about it. We went into the school the next morning and handed them to the principal and the staff, and they were shocked, absolutely shocked. And they said, well, you didn't, you didn't, it was, they were at a disadvantage. You didn't tell them. I said, okay, I'll, I'll tell them today. So I handed out 500 more pieces of paper the next morning. And this time I said, now I want you to write down everything you love about Jesus. Absolutely everything you can think of about Jesus. Absolutely every one of his creations that you love and the miracles he did and the things that you can tell me about God and the Holy Spirit was a totally different atmosphere. Nobody got excited. There was no screaming. There's no kids jumping on pews going, oh yeah, I forgot this, I forgot this. Nobody filled up a paper, not even one side. The majority of the answers were Jesus died on the cross, Jesus uh, is God's son, God created the world. Um, Noah had, God created Noah and the ark. There was nothing. There was no excitement, no passion. 
I remember when I met Dwayne, my husband, and uh, I really fell in love. I mean, I really fell in love. And when I fell in love, I couldn't get enough. I could not get enough. Well, he was drafted, he went to Vietnam. And our letters back and forth, and our tapes. Okay, that's the little thing that has a reel-to-reel -reel that goes around. In case you don't know what it is, look it up, Google it. Um, we sent tapes back and forth. And my tapes consisted of asking him questions about himself. I wanted to know everything about him. I thought he was the most fascinating, unbelievably, um, wonderful person that had ever been born. That's called worship. Do you know it's humanly impossible to worship somebody you don't love? And it's impossible to love somebody you don't know. I'm gonna say it again. It's impossible to worship somebody you don't love. And it's impossible to love somebody you don't know. So we lead our kids in to the worship time and we say, we're gonna worship God. We sing three songs, they go back to their classrooms and they think they have worshiped God. You can't worship someone you don't love. You can't love someone you don't know. Our kids need to know God. Our kids need to fall in love. My favorite memory is one day taking a walk in the park and Kyle looks at me and says, Mom, it's so beautiful. Didn't God make a beautiful day? And that's what I want him to know is that God has huge plans for him. And I'm so thankful for parents that, you know, taught me that. You know, I think understanding your kid's interest and trying to share interests. Jason loves to hunt and he loves to fish. And while I like that, that's not my favorite pastime, but uh, us spending time together in the woods in East Texas and just sitting in a deer stand, listening to the wind blow, listening to how quiet it is, hearing uh, the sounds in the woods, and then just talking about the Creator and the greatness and vastness of His creation. Take every opportunity we can to look at nature around us and the profound beauty uh, complexity and harmony that we see in the creation. Um, we have horses, we've got cows, we've got dogs and cats. Um, we work on the land a lot and there's an abundance of opportunities to talk about what God's created and we, we do that mm -hmm. uh, quite frequently. And you know as we talked about the nature and the beauty of the trees and the fish and the different animals that we saw and everything else, I think that they started to, to see a bigger picture um, and to see the world around them as something very different. Uh, and sometimes it took getting away um, out of the city and out of the way of the normal hustle and bustle of life um, to, to see you know, how beautiful God's world was. Whenever we see God at work, we'll write it down on a piece of paper and then we'll put it in here. And then at the end of the semester, we'll go back and read it 
um, together and remember what he did and just kind of reflect on that. And we say in the semesters because of Joseph's school years, but um, you know, we just it just depends on what time it is. It could be the holidays. It could just be you know, just we say Sunday night and say let's say let's see what God has done over the last course of the week. And I'll be honest, sometimes it may be a month or six weeks before we get around to it and say this is what's been It'll going be on. It'll be bursting. I mean, overflowing. As a family on vacation, we always try to incorporate something along those lines, where whether it's creation or. Um, or whatever it is, it's just a time to just see how how God has worked in their lives up to this point, and give them an opportunity to have perspective, and and, and thus an opportunity to to worship Him in a new way. Kids will catch the wow from us. The wows of God involve a lot of His creation, especially when it comes to kids. Unless you think um, kids are not capable of worship. I have to tell you about being invited to four-year-old David's birthday party, one of the kids at our church. We got to his front door, and he grabbed me by the arm, and he pulled me in the house. Miss Kathleen, you're not going to believe what my birthday party is. And it was a cartoon theme. And he went on for the next four solid minutes telling me about this cartoon character. He was so excited. I'd never seen him so animated in my life. He was pumped before he had sugar. He was so pumped about this cartoon character. Then he took me into his bedroom and he showed me all the characters. And did you know it's on twice a week? You can watch it on Saturday mornings or Tuesday afternoons. And he told me what channel it was on. And he showed me the characters, the bad guys, the good guys, the ones that are the most valuable, the ones that are the, his friends. He explained the entire premise of the entire storyline of this cartoon character. He never mentioned himself once. It was all about this cartoon character. Kids know how to worship. Ask your kids. Have them write down or talk to you about their favorite thing in the whole world. Have them tell you as many things as they can about their favorite thing in the whole world. That's worship. I never got it. I never got it when my kids are small. And I, I beg you to introduce your children to the wows of this almighty God. And there's so many. You can just Google a wow. All you have to do is say the wonders of the world, the wonders under the sea, the wonders in the sky, the animal wonders, and you'll have them right in front of you. Oh my goodness, did you know that a caterpillar has over 600 muscles? A caterpillar? Oh my goodness. There are so many things that God has made just for us to enjoy, just for our kids to, to experience the wow. And we have not made these available to them. There's, there could be a new wow every day of your life and you would not exhaust God's resources. Did you know a snail can sleep for three years? I know, you're shocked. If a predator attacks a sea cucumber and they are so, so ghastly looking, um, they just poop out their insides. Can I say poop? Okay, they do. Everything, their brains, their eyeballs, everything. And it goes over here and forms another shell. God made the sea cucumbers for fifth grade boys. I'm convinced of it. All right, I have some more. Camels have three eyelids. Did you know that? The only species on earth with three eyelids and that's because of the sand. 
it protects their eyes from the sand. A sneeze that zooms out of your mouth at 100 miles an hour, don't get too close to people who are sneezing. Sea stars, oh my goodness. Sea stars under the ocean feed by forcing their stomachs out of their bodies onto their prey. The partially digested nutrients are then sucked back into the stomach region. Is that so cool? Okay, boys love that one too. There's so many wows in God's creation and our kids need to hear them. Isn't God funny? He makes the most amazing things and he does it for our pleasure. And I believe he does it for our kids. And I believe if our kids knew that the eyeball has more power than more megabytes than any computer and that it does things simultaneously that a computer will never ever be able to do at a speed a computer will never be able to go. There are so many amazing wonders that you can wow your kids about. And it isn't rocket science. I have a garden in my backyard. It's not really a garden, it's wildflowers, but my grandchildren think it's a garden. And my husband built a little brick path through all the wildflowers. So we go walking through my garden, and all I have to do is go, and they all run over. They all run over to see what it is. And I'll pick up a little rock. And a few years ago, I picked up a little rock and it had blue on it. And I said, oh my goodness, I wonder why God put blue on this rock. And one of my granddaughters said, he did it for me. He did it for me. He knows I love blue. Well, that rock has been on her dresser for a number of years now. And the wow when she talks about it. And the wow is still there when she thinks about it. These are the things that we are responsible as parents to help our children fall in love with Almighty God.